Welcome back to the Yerk Pool. Jordana, please step into this cage so we can secure your human host body while the Yerk that's piloting you slithers out of your ear canal and plops into the pool where it can soak up the rays of the home planet and thus be nourished. Of course, your host body will regain control of itself while the Yerk that's piloting you will uh, is away, uh, which is very traumatic for it. So we need to strap it down until uh, until it returns. Great. Um, I'm just going to ignore all of that. All right. Consider it ignored. This is page 830 of Wise Man's Fear. Now, some might say that I had taken a bad fall and was obviously too stupefied to find my feet and continue the fight. Others might say that while it was messy, the fall wasn't quite as hard as all that, and I had certainly found my feet afterwards. Personally, I think the line between being stupefied and being wise is sometimes very thin. How thin, I suppose, I will leave for you, dear reader, to decide. That's the page and the chapter. I've been Kentucky Fried Narrator, Nick. You added words in there. Also, I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy, and I'll allow it. That's right. I don't think we ever said we wouldn't add words. <laughs> we don't have such thing as journalistic ethics here on this also, podcast. Also, if I have nightmares about the weird sluggy worm brain things, I'm blaming you. As well, you well, actually, you should blame Catherine Applegate and her husband, but uh, you can blame me by proxy, I suppose. I'm going to blame you because you're the one who brought it up. <laughs> I would think the messenger, Jordana. He's just trying to warn you about the very real dangers of Yerks. That's right. They're among us. Real my butt. They look like us because they're piloting us mm-hmm. like little spacecraft with flesh. Yeah. You think among us is bad. <laughs> what if real life was among us? I mean, if any animal was going to be like the thing that controlled people, like unbeknownst to other people, it'd be cats. Well, we've, we, it's well established that cats have that parasite that goes into your brain and makes yeah, there you, you like go. Cat. See, they're already yeah. doing it. They're yeah, already, right. they're already doing it. Cats are the threat. So, on this page, Quoth, as Nick said yesterday, puts a bow on it. He, and even then, he doesn't like outright say it, but he he basically says, I took my opportunity to fall on my back, which ended the fight. Some might say that I probably, if I had wanted to, could have come back up to my feet from it because I'd certainly come back from worse, but I chose not to because I don't want to fight anymore. Yeah, can he not? I guess he could just yield and that would be the end. Well, I think he's put himself in a position where he's obviously lo- like, I think in a friendly sparring match, you've lost the fight if you are thrown to the ground or if you yield. Carceret wouldn't let him yield, right? If she got him into a position where he would normally submit to somebody, she said like Tempe overheard her saying that she would just like break his arm or whatever. Yeah. And she wouldn't throw him to the ground in a way that is like, and now I'm ending the fight. She would throw him to the ground with the intent to hurt him. So Quoth has to take this opportunity. Yeah. Yes. And what a good opportunity it is. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Also, though, I feel like we were discussing it being like the soccer player, like the football, like I hurt myself move. And I agree with what you said yesterday in that it is not quite that dramatic. It reminds me a little bit of like how uh, there's like a similar thing in water polo that's not as dramatic as the soccer thing, but essentially. You're not supposed to drown each other in water polo, although it does happen. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm way more like, interested in water polo. Like if there's a bigger person, uh, they can come up and you're like, they could theoretically come up to you. One of the reasons water polo people wear such either small or tight suits 
is because if people can grab onto you, they'll push you under. Not for a long time, but for long enough that it's gonna make you uncomfortable and lose your focus and then you can't go after them. But what you're supposed to do when someone even gets like, like close to you or like almost gets their hand on you is you splash around like they're drowning you and you pretend like they're drowning you so that the whistle gets blown and they have to back off. Ah, so it's a tactic. Yes, yeah. And it's a similar tactic to soccer, but it's not as big a deal. And I feel like Foth's thing is sort of like the water polo move where it's just like, oh no, we need to we need to pause. Oh Yeah, I think he's he's putting some mustard on his fall rather than rolling around going, ooh, ooh, it's what a hurt. Yeah. This was the end of a chapter. Uh, oh yes, no, I have my final note. I just wanted to, you know, give you room to make more notes. No, we're done. Good. I mean, I could talk about Mr. Magorium's masturbatorium again. Yeah, you can do that later. Uh, this is the end of a chapter. This chapter was called the First Stone. Obviously, referring to this, the test, the First Stone. Yes, and also referring to the Adam custom, where after you pass this test, you like go behind the gymnasium with your friends, and you make an apple into a bong, and you get blazed. You get stoned for the, yeah, the first Oh, I get stone. it. I get yeah. it. That took me like like a really long time, I feel like, to understand, but I get it. Yeah, although they do go have an after party after this, so we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, um, yeah, they do. Jordana, you might have understood that joke better if you had allowed a yerk to wrap itself around the folds <laughs> of your brain. Have you considered? <laughs> have you considered I mean, accepting there are a lot of yerk into your understand better? <laughs> If I did different things and and yet I do not necessarily want to do those things. I am like I might understand the the taste of human meat better if I was a cannibal, but do I want to become a cannibal? Not really. Well, I mean, you've never tried human meat, so maybe you're missing out. Yeah, but you know, I'm comfortable with that. Well, Visser 3 will be very disappointed. Nick, do we have a letter? We do have a letter. As I alluded to the other day, we have a letter. This is from Bill on the Discord who writes, Hello readers. On pages 789 and 790. We see Vashet hit Quoth three times to teach him a lesson just after he's been hit in the groin by Kellyanne. I wanted to mention that Rothfuss' descriptions of the pain encountered are incredibly accurate. The, if I freeze and don't move, maybe I'll get away with being hit in the balls, is something that never works but always gets tried, almost instinctively, followed by the uncoiling sensation as the queasy pain takes over. I've also had the misfortune of being hit in the face in a variety of ways, the teeth hurting, the feeling of an entirety of force behind the hand compared to a weaker attempt, the abrupt sharpness of being hit in the nose, and how it can snap you back to awareness in the most unpleasant way. It's all just spot on. I have a deep and visceral reaction to how Pat describes this entire sequence. It's fantastic, even if it makes me squirm. That's all. I just wanted to call attention to it one more time, as I think it's exceptionally well done. Thanks for all of your hard work and the enjoyment us listeners are given. All that's good, signed, Bill. All right, good to know. I feel like we asked for that. I feel like we asked for listeners to write in to tell us if the things were true, but I don't know if we did. But if we didn't, I think I wanted to know anyway, just to be sure. It, it strikes me as true. It's been a while since I've been hit and and stuff. But, you know, when I was younger, I got smacked around a bit as, as we did. And yeah, I remember that. I mean, like I've been hit in the face to get like the teeth, the sore teeth thing. But like. I don't, I don't have balls, so. Oh, yeah, the rattled <laughs> teeth thing. Yeah, that's that's no good. I also have a slender, delicate nose, so I would hate to uh, have my nose broke. Mm. I had a really bad habit as a kid of getting, like, <laughs> this is going to sound dumb, balls to the face. Like, I, like volleyballs, basketballs, soccer balls. Like, I don't, like, it's like there was a magnet in my face. So many times I got hit in the face and got bloody noses as a child. I kind of wonder if my nose changed shape. 
Well, it, it's a rite of passage. Getting hit in the face by balls in school. Dodgeballs, volleyballs. All, all the balls. <laughs> bowling, bowling balls. Yeah. Happens to the best of us. Listeners, you can join us and our balls and our yurks on tomorrow's page. Um. <laughs> I think I'm going to get the box set and actually reread Animorphs because it's just been on my mind so much. Maybe it's that that slug I encountered in the forest that uh, I lifted to my face and then it slid it inside my ear. Inside your ear? Yeah, maybe it's got me interested in Animorphs for some reason. Mm, This is how it starts, people. And it'll start for you on tomorrow's page. Uh, The wind. Wind.